Craps heard the ACT Party wants it to be compulsory for people to use the COVID Tracer app and scan codes unless they're using the app with Bluetooth enabled. So if you haven't got the Bluetooth thing on, you ought to be scanning. Right now, of course, only a fraction of people are actually bothering, roughly one in eight. Act leader David Seymour says with these new variants, then uh, the chance of a community outbreak has never been greater. He calls this, I quote, an unacceptably dangerous situation. Researcher at Auckland University, Andrew Chen, has been looking into this and joins us now. Morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning. What do you think of uh, this situation that we ought to make scanning compulsory unless you're Bluetoothed up? So I think that uh, it, it looks like a really nice solution, um, but it is, I think, a case of hoping that technology will solve all of our problems. Uh, I'm not 100% convinced that we can make use of ended COVID tracer mandatory. Um, there are two obvious questions. The first is one of enforcement. Um, it is just practically not possible to enforce that usage of the app. Um, I think that there is an argument against this and that if the government says it's mandatory, then most New Zealanders will follow the rules because they understand that it's important. Um, We can already see this with face masks on public transport in Auckland and on domestic flights. Um, There's no police enforcement of that rule, but the vast majority of people are following, and that's good. Um, So even if we made the app mandatory but unenforced, it would probably drive uptake up. Um, But that second question is one of equity and inclusion. Um, and there are about 20% of the adult population who simply do not have a device that can run into COVID Tracer right now. Um, so if you're going to make it mandatory, then there has to be a way for those people to participate. Um, and this is a much bigger challenge. Um, I know that there's Scan- been some discussion Sign- about giving phones, uh, go for phone vouchers so that people can buy devices. Um, but it's not quite as simple as just putting phones in people's hands. Um, they, they need to know how to use the app and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, those uh, who aren't, the seven out of eight who uh, are not bothering at the moment, what's going on in their heads? Yeah, there, is a, there, there are a whole range of reasons from um, people gave it a go a while ago and it didn't work um, through to uh, lack of trust in government. Um, and and I mean, a lot of it does come back down to trust. Um, there's also uh, a, a perception of low risk. Um, which means that people um, aren't taking the necessary public health um, actions that they probably should be to protect themselves. And and I think people know that uh, this is something that they should be doing, um, but other factors like convenience, um, like uh, speed, um, probably take over in their minds. But we've got uh, what uh, David Seymour calls an unacceptably dangerous situation. Is he over-egging it or is that about right? Oh, I think he is probably uh, overemphasizing the role of one layer of defense in the system. So we have a lot of different layers of defense in um, our response to COVID-19. Um, for example, we've, we've just been talking about MIQ this morning, um, yes. and that is probably the most important one we have right now. Um, I, I think uh, the, the, uh, the, the, we have manual contact tracing um, as a really important step as well. Um, and we have sort of media announcements of exposures as well um, that, that sort of serve supplementary roles or complementary roles. Um, so, so to put all of the emphasis on this one layer is probably, um, as you say, over-egging it a little bit. But this, uh, this is a very, very tricky situation. If the, one of the new variants gets out, one of these very infectious variants gets out, we know where we're going, don't we? 
Absolutely. And the advantage of using an app like this... Do you, do you think people get that? Do you think people realise that's, that's the danger? Uh, I think what we've seen in New Zealand is that we have to wait until there is a community outbreak and then people will suddenly start acting. Um, so we saw that in August. We saw that with the AUT student in uh, sort of October, November. Um, the rest of the time, we are living our lives. Um, we're living our lives as normal, and that's actually what we want as a country is to be able to live our lives as normal. Um, and even though we're seeing the risk of things coming from overseas and our government is responding to that, um, I, I can understand that it's going to take a bit of a shock, um, something like a community case in New Zealand, for people to actually change their behaviours. Thank you so much for your time, Andrew Chen at Auckland University. It's